0: I have on the live line with me Christy Smith, a journalist out of New York. Okay, so you penned an article titled, Clemency is tougher than getting into Harvard, and this is a story that followed Charles Duke Tanner, the undefeated boxer out of Gary, Indiana, and unfortunately an inmate in federal prison. My question to you is, how did you get to meet Duke Tanner?
1: Wow, yeah. Um, It's, you know, kind of happenstance. I, I, was a legal reporter, um, for a big news organization in New York. I got to know, um, inmate, um, and through my relationship with one inmate, um, uh, he was friends with Charles and, uh, that's how I got to know Charles. And, um, I immediately felt so, uh, impressed by Charles's demeanor and his, uh, this good head on his shoulders and, um... You meet him, and, and it's really surprising to hear he's been in prison for 16 years. Um, he was sentenced initially to life in prison. And, you know, here's this guy. He is full of love for everybody. He doesn't have a, a, bitter, a sense of bitterness in his entire body, as far as I can tell. Um, he wants to get out and do good things for the community. And, and I believe he's completely capable of doing that. Um, so I, I was so... Touched by his story, I felt the need to write about it and write about his, um, his attempts to win clemency. And through that research, um, you know, I found it fascinating. Uh, we don't have parole in the federal system, but we do have these super long sentences for drug crimes. So you have a lot of people going to jail for 20, 30 years, or even life, who, you know, they made a mistake, maybe a few mistakes, but that clearly shouldn't define their entire existence. And they had no mechanism for getting out and uh, for for showing that they're reformed um, and And Duke, um, who seems clearly reformed, you know he was trying and it it's just you know even even in the Obama administration which which did take steps to try to you know uh, do more commutation to help more people get out um, who deserved it, um you know they still passed over Duke. And, and I don't know why, you know, he seems so deserving. And, and when I looked at the numbers, I was just shocked, you know. It's it, it really true. It is harder to get clemency than to get into Harvard. It, that is the statistics. I mean, that, that's in the best-case scenario. <laughs> so, I, I mean, just imagine how difficult it is as you're an inmate, you know, trying so hard to prove yourself that you, you deserve your freedom and then getting shot down over and over again. I mean, I just don't know how you get yourself back up. But Duke has. He has that capacity, and I think that's amazing.
0: Let's go over some of those numbers that you listed in your article as far as the number of clemencies or pardons offered in the Trump administration versus the Obama administration.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. With the Trump administration, you know, he hasn't done very much, right? Like, you look at the numbers, and it's like nothing. Um, but, uh, you know, they've also, they've also done... Um, They've also been trying to do things differently than uh, has been happening in the past, so it's kind of a little bit difficult to compare. Um, in, in most cases, um, clemency and pardons, pardons being like sort of a full expungement of the, of the charges and a, a clemency or a commutation being, um, you know, your, your, your prison sentence is cut off and, and you can get out but you still have the, you still carry the felony conviction and so forth. Um, in, in both of those uh, situations, um, the Department of Justice administers um, the. the uh, they they suggest these things. They make the, they, they bring forward the application to the president, and there is kind of an inherent conflict of interest there because when a prosecutor makes their name, putting you in jail and putting you in jail for a long time, um, how do their colleagues, How do you? How do you? them ever admitting that or saying hey maybe we weren't quite right about this guy or maybe you know this guy has changed it's really hard for them to do that these were like straight-a students in school these like you know federal prosecutors they're they're perfectionists they don't admit mistakes very easily so um, you can see how that would create sort of a barrier to um, uh, people who may be deserving you know getting ahead and getting and, and getting out So the Trump administration, they haven't given, I mean, their numbers are, they're they're nothing compared to past um, administrations. But they have attempted to set up uh, an office outside of DOJ. So I don't know what that's going to do. We'll see. Uh, I'm hoping that that will be an improvement. Um,
0: But, yeah, that's kind of a synopsis. Now, there was a statement in your article from the judge of him saying maybe some of these sentences will send a message out not on my watch what does that mean so this judge who's now deceased um was a reagan appointee very much of the
1: persuasion of the sort of um, war on drugs type of philosophy from what i could tell from his ruling and uh it was disappointing when i I read i read the transcript of the rule of of his sentencing decision and he seems to acknowledge in that decision that Duke had all of these great things going for him. You know, he, he had so many community leaders and so many friends and associates and colleagues and family members come out and say great things about him when he was sentenced. But the judge still said, I think you're one of the worst defenders of our laws in the United States. And his, his mentality was, you know, because you were doing drugs, because you were dealing drugs, you were, you, were, you know, one of the worst criminals I can sentence. And I, I read that and I, my jaw just dropped because I, how, how can we say that? How can we say a nonviolent drug, a person who buys drugs and sells them, you know, doesn't engage in violence and, um, you this know, is really day. just trying to help his family. How can we say that's one of the worst criminals in the United States? That doesn't make any sense at all.
0: And this is Duke's first felony, right?
1: It is his first. He, he was a good guy. He, he, you know, he got into this. He, he, was, he did the wrong thing for the right reasons. But he was, you know, he's generally an upstanding person who I trust him. I think he, you know, he has, um, you know, he's he's a person who I think we can we can trust to oh,
0: absolutely not qualities. you know, be a
1: recidivism statistic. To be, just the opposite,
0: actually. I think he, he wants to um, help other people <laughs> to change their lives too. Absolutely, and I think we can all agree that we make mistakes, especially when we are younger and not thinking about the repercussions in advance. We can't see around corners. What type of response did you receive from this article, and did you get any pushback? You know, I got
1: a lot of a fairly good response. I mean, clemency advocates and criminal justice advocates um, were, uh, you know, liked the article and commented on it and told me, you know, I did a great job. Um, I have, you know, shown the article too to some some people on the other side of the spectrum, and you know, they unfortunately give the predictable answers like, oh, you know, he's a drug dealer, oh, you know, he deserved it, and I find that so disappointing. I find it terrible that that there are people who justify in their minds these kinds of sentences for breaking the law. I get it, you broke the law, you should be punished, there should be consequences for that, but making making a mistake doesn't make you a bad person necessarily we all we all have made mistakes we all have done something regrettable in our lives and to think that that it's somehow okay to punish someone and throw, throw away their lives for a mistake they made in their teens or 20s is I just I mean if it if it didn't hurt anybody really I don't understand that with
0: your background, your understanding of Duke Tanner's story, but how did you get to the point that you understood that people make mistakes and it's wrong to do things this way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy for people who, um, you know, and, and just to be blunt, like white people who grew up in the suburbs, um, to, to kind of keep this out of their heads, right? Out of sight, out of mind. This, this, this aspect of the justice system, they don't get it. It doesn't compute that things can be this unfair, like they just don't understand it. And I think the fact that I you know, got to know inmates, the fact that I got so um, kind, of, kind of deep into the other side of the system, it opened my eyes in a way that you, know, you can't unsee it. Once you, once you see how the system treats people and how it deprives them of individuality, um, it's just, it transcends all things for me. Um, so yeah, now I, I feel really passionate about it. Um, and I, I told my parents, I, I brought, I brought my parents to a criminal justice event where some former inmates were speaking and they, their eyes were opened and now they're kind of fired up and passionate about it too. It's just, it's a, it's a problem of ignorance. The problem of both willful and, and I think unconscious ignorance, and what be, um, what where people just don't see other... this, this isn't part of their lives, but right. if you are. Obviously, you grew up in, in, you know, an inner city area or, you know, in some place economically deprived, it, it's, your options are limited, right? Like, your, your, your family and your relatives, they may not be drug dealers, they're they're not doctors and lawyers or business people, they might be drug dealers, they might have gone to prison. I mean, that that screws with your perspective as a kid or a person growing up,
0: obviously, you know, if those are the options you see. That's a good point, Christy. Thanks for sharing that. And what would be your advice so that people can understand that we deal with this stigma every day and a lot of people can't relate or don't want to relate. What advice can you give to people to wrap their minds around this?
1: It's really hard to say, how do you fix this problem of people who are, who are both blind? blind? I think the best that the best, that, that the only advice I can really give is if you do see it, if you see something, say something, right? Like, don't keep it to yourself if you see there's injustice going on. Like, it, it's not a, that's not the kind of thing you should just let slide. Um, you know, just for the sake of of not you know making Thanksgiving dinner awkward or something. Like, <laughs> say something if you see if you see that people are being deprived of their humanity, you
0: know not right well with this article if anyone wants to go and read it or get in touch with you how can how can they find you and the article
1: um, it's just it's, uh, I post this article to medium um, you know it's on my medium account um, it's on Google clemency is tougher than getting into Harvard um, yeah you can find it you can read it there comment on it if you want reach out to me if you want um, I'm, I'm fat. I, I want to hear more stories, um, and understand more about the system.
0: Okay. And is there any way that people can help?
1: Well, I mean, if you feel passionate about Charles, uh, Tanner and, and you, you think he deserves to be released, you know, write your legislators, right. Um, you know, I, I, um, he's right now, he's in the process of, you know, seeking clemency and also, um, you know there's the uh, the situation with coronavirus in prison right now which is also creating a very dangerous and scary situation um you know it, we we've seen you know that, that black men um particularly with certain health conditions are particularly at risk um and you know although uh although Charles is a healthy guy because he's a he's a boxer he also he carries with him these risks you know he has he has some asthma issues he has high blood pressure and um you know, this type of disease can strike quickly and unexpectedly, and they don't, the amount of things they do for you in prison when you're sick is, is probably not good enough. Uh, we just got a case, a, test of, a positive test just recently in, in Charles's prison. We're waiting to see how they're going to handle that. Um, but it's a scary situation. You know, they're in kind of quasi lockdown circumstances and just waiting, just waiting for the disease to come and I can't imagine their mental health is in a good place right now. Uh, but anyway, so he is he's trying a couple of different avenues, um, one judicially and um, and another and one through policy leaders. Um, so yeah, writing your legislators, definitely helpful. Um, yeah, okay. I that's as best as I can say.
0: And so when he's granted clemency and we're going to speak that into existence, will you be there?
1: I hope so, I'd love to give him a big hug. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be, be you know, it it would probably leave me in tears just to see someone else get their freedom back, you know?
0: Hopefully when all this is over, I look forward to meeting you. I definitely appreciate you being a part of this journey and sharing your part in this story. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad to be part of this. I thank you for all you do, and if you don't hear it enough, I commend you for speaking up thanks is there anything you you would like to leave with our listeners
1: well you know i mean i just want to make sure i, I make the point that um the duke is his he's got a plan when he gets out you know he is he has community leaders helping him and supporting him um i think there's uh, state senator uh eddie melton has been um involved in uh in trying to you know get some things going for him he wants to uh kind of connect Duke with the police athletic league and, and get some mentorship, you know, project going. Um, I, I know, and and Duke is so smart. I know he's going to be fine. Um, so I'm just, I just, I, the prison system to me can sometimes be such a terrible waste of people's resources, right? Like, you know, it's, you walk in those doors and you think, wow, we're spending all this money to keep people in a miserable place that they can't escape. and, and to think that you're wasting a life like Duke in that setting, uh, I just I don't understand how that's paying any debt back in any, of any sort.
0: I thank you so much, Christy, for taking the time to do this with us. Have a good day.